we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Well, things are changing pretty rapidly as we come into uh, a new fall season and we're seeing a lot of things shift, the way people are acting, they're thinking, and of course, uh, people are losing their collective minds as well in the process uh, with all these uh, talks of mandates and other things that are going on. It's, it's just a strange environment entirely. Then you see uh, the first lady, Jill Biden, got COVID. Uh, perfect situation after you have vaccines and boosters and what have you, that, that really happens. Uh, that's a case study for that thing, I think. But uh, hey, welcome into America Out Loud Pulse. It's Malcolm Out Loud here along with my co-host. Dr. Peter McCullough. Listen, I'm not trying to be a wise guy, but I have to put it out there. I mean, you know, all right, listen, listen. The whole narrative, Dr. McCullough, was, okay, you get these things and, you know, you're going to escape COVID. Like, this is going to really help you. Just while you go and you take the risk of getting the vaccine and the vaccine and the booster and the booster and the booster and the next booster and the next booster and the next booster. What are they up to seven or eight now, is it? I think something like that, right? And then what happens? Well, like the first lady, you get COVID. I mean, to these people, is it logical, illogical, or are they seeing the same thing we are? Well, they continue to take shots and they continue to get the infection that the shots are supposed to prevent. And, you know, we get to a point of ridiculousness here. What vaccine would one have to take a shot every six months to try to prevent what's really a mild infection? Now, so we heard that Joe Biden, uh, the first lady, does have COVID. She has mild symptoms. I anticipate she'll do fine. Now, listen, the Chinese had published, Malcolm, that you know about 85% chance that Joe Biden's going to get it. So if they're in the same bedroom together, that's enough of exposure. If you're in the same room with somebody for about 3 hours, that's enough to get covid. Did you now, say the to, Chinese predicted that? Is that what you just said? Yeah, they had published this. They they had studied the <laughs> transmission patterns about 85% of all the spread occurred in the family and it was and the hit rate was about 85%. Okay. Now today I saw a covid patient uh, in the office. And, you know, I was in the room probably 15 or 20 minutes. Now, he had leukemia, had other things. Um, I didn't have a mask on. He didn't have a mask on. Afterwards, I did my iodine, nasal spray, and gargle. So did my assistant. We, we de de decontaminated the room. I mean, we did reasonable things. But, you know, remember the CDC says we only wear a mask when we're in respiratory isolation in a patient with pulmonary COVID or pulmonary TB or any other situation, but uh, masks are not recommended by the CDC for these other applications. Yet, we saw Anthony Fauci reemerge on the, the news over the weekend. Did you see him? Yeah, oh, sure did. Sure did. Seen it and read all the reports on it. Fauci says when challenged, and he was actually challenged by a CNN correspondent, yeah. a CNN correspondent who quoted the Cochrane analysis by Tom Ferguson that concluded that public masking doesn't work. And when Fauci was confronted with this, you know what Fauci said? He said, well, they work on an individual basis. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> who knows what it means? I uh. mean, it's just, you know, he's in uh. a complete uh, outer space. He's somebody who <laughs> claims to represent science uh, can't quote a single scientific study. 
we're told he retired to teach at Georgetown. Now he reemerges on CNN to just embarrass himself. Today on Newsmax, Hogan Gidley, who's been very close to Trump the entire time, and I know Hogan personally, um, Hogan came out and just flat out said that Fauci lied to Donald Trump. He lied to Donald Trump. He lied to the country. He lied about masks, social distancing, and vaccines. And Hogan Gidley was saying, listen, these vaccines, it's obvious they don't work. Now, he's close to Trump. And you probably saw the most recent Trump video out this week uh, about the return of COVID. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. There's been a lot of uh, talk that Tom Rents uh, did a show on that, uh, uh, played yesterday talking about it. Yeah. What do you think about it? Yeah, I listened to it a couple times. Uh, now, remember, I had just been on the show pre-record and I talked to Lara Trump, who's the daughter-in-law of yeah. Trump. And I was careful, uh, you know, in how I managed the interview. She was satisfied, although she did text me back afterwards and said, Dr. McCullough, what's the protocol for me to get this vaccine out of my body? So, so if she was thinking that, she's talking to her husband, Eric. I'm sure he's talking to Donald. Hogan Gidley's obviously directly working with Trump. And Trump comes out and says, listen, the COVID lunatics are back. They are going to try to use this as this uh, leverage to force the population in compliance. And, and Trump says, you know, don't comply. Don't comply with masking, uh, social distancing, lockdown and mandates and presumably including vaccine mandates. So based on and then you probably saw a recent interview with a young female reporter sat down with Trump about vaccine safety. Did you see that one? I did not. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll see if I can locate. Well, it and what do you, with Laura Trump saying how to get this out of the body uh, vaccines, do, is your understanding that the whole family took the vaccines, the Trump yeah. group? Yeah. Yeah. I heard that from multiple insiders. I think. Okay. They did. And clearly uh, she did. Yeah. So, obviously. um, so anyhow, so Trump goes on with a young uh, female reporter who's very good, and she she brings up vaccine safety. And this is where basically what Trump said. He goes, listen, if there's safety problems with, and they focused on Pfizer, if there's uh, safety problems with Pfizer, and Pfizer has not been transparent with Americans on it, um, we need to know that. And so, you know, he, he started to develop, I think, a, a responsiveness and a posture that was far more appropriate, which is really what Americans have been waiting for. I mean, so many of my patients say, listen, I could get behind Donald Trump, but he's going to just have to get on the right. right side of these vaccines. Right. And so it, you, it, you, it, you feel like he's doing that? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, he's starting to move in that direction. I, we, I we've that. all been waiting for a press conference of some sort. In fact, I've talked to Rents about this. I've talked to other leaders about it. And people are shocked that he hasn't taken the opportunity to have an honest conversation with people about this vaccine business and Operation Warp Speed, which he always tends to, you know, Peter, in full disclosure, he tends to double down always when it comes to a prior decision he's made, like it's the best decision ever since sliced bread. And this is obviously was not a good decision. Obviously, there were a lot of unknowns, but he can qualify the information and the data by being honest with the American people. And we're surprised he hasn't done that up to now. But you think that's sort of coming now, you think? huh? I think it's coming. You know how I managed it with uh, Laura Trump yeah. is I said, listen, your father-in-law was lied to. 
He was lied to. There Fauci lied to him. Yeah. And Fauci lied to the nation. And um, and that's exactly what Hogan Gidley said this morning. He was on um, with, uh, you know, he, he was on Newsmax. And I was listening on the way into work. And that's exactly what Hogan said. And so um, I think if Trump can start to understand, l- listen, he was lied to. And he doesn't have to completely bash Operation Warp Speed. So, for instance, Operation Warp Speed delivered the monoclonal antibodies, which Trump received when he got COVID. That's right. And which I heavily used in the more severe cases. And every analysis showed the monoclonal antibodies by Lilly, by Sanofi, and the other companies were always safe and effective, in fact, life-saving in severe cases. So, um, you know, I can tell you, he doesn't have to back down from Operation Warp Speed. But I think if Trump pivoted and said, listen, I was lied to on the vaccine and what he said in this most recent interview, he says, listen, if there's problems with the vaccines, then the companies have to come out and be honest with America. Uh, That was clearly steps in the right direction. And people in the freedom movement, uh, you know, all through the ranks that I know, they were really glad to see that that pivot. Yes. Thank you for that uh, analysis. That was, uh, I could not agree more with you. That is perfect. That is exactly how he should handle it and how he has not handled it up to this point, which I think he has lost a lot of favor. You're exactly right with a lot of people in the freedom movement. Uh, in not, it, honesty is the best policy when it comes to this, but your analysis is spot on, man. I could not agree more. Uh, and this is an opportunity for him to seize the moment and do exactly what you say there. Having said all of that, uh, let me ask you here now, um, you know, I'm seeing all kinds of reports and a lot of conversation and some of this conversation gets so far out there when it comes to uh, theories on masks and vaccines and mandates and what the government is doing and not doing. And, you know, it, it gets a little weird. And I'm wondering your perspective, how how crazy do you think this i mean we're we're now coming into just on the cusp of coming into a fall season here shortly and you know there's going to be we're seeing uptick in a lot of things we're seeing uptick in hospitalizations we're seeing uptick in covid cases we're uptick in all kinds of viral uh, rsv uh, it, it sounds to me like it's going to be a pretty aggressive uh, flu season or whatever's going to take place here all these variants everything what what are you seeing with this um the, the overplay of this, I'm asking, with the government and with, and not just them, because like you say, the CDC doesn't have to mandate anything. All they do is put a suggestion out there and everybody jumps on it, all these organizations and businesses. Will that be happening? Do you think people are going to stay weird on this thing and get crazier? Yeah, I think they're going to, the numbers are going to tick up. Remember, uh, even though the strain of COVID is not serious, there's going to be a lot more people testing and a lot more positives. So as they come in for various issues in the emergency room, the case count, and anybody testing positive is going to be called a case of COVID. So, you know, last night I had a patient in the emergency room because he had some extra heartbeats and it was a a typical cardiovascular issue. Well, they tested him for COVID. And if he was positive, they would have counted him as a case. And we go on and on and on. Uh, So I think the big problem is testing is still going on. It's going to generate positivity, and those positivity will be counted as cases. Now, what we really care about is adjudicated COVID pneumonia. That is, you know, doctors looking at a case and saying, wow, this COVID's in the lungs. You can see it on x-ray. You can see it on CT. 
they have oxygen requirements, they're in the hospital. We need to know that number. And that's not a number that the CDC provides. We don't, wow. we've never had good hospital adjudication of who has pulmonary COVID not. So we're always calling around, checking with our friends, people we know to say, listen, are there really any real COVID cases in the hospital? I think the answer thus far is no. Um, having said that, there was a patient who fell into my circles today uh, in her middle 70s, doctor, never had COVID before, never had it. And she's got it now and she's pretty sick. She's 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 running the full McCullough protocol. She'll get through it. I don't think she'll be hospitalized, but she was in the ER already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I want people to understand for the small number of people who have not yet had COVID, vaccinated or not, they could have more severe symptoms that make somebody in their 70s or 80s sufficiently sick that they could need medical care beyond over-the-counter supplements, things, we're talking prescription drugs, IVs, and some people hospitalization. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's you're right in measuring this thing. It's the severity of the cases that indicate what we're dealing with uh, to know, I mean, how problematic some of this is. But a lot of these variants are now pretty well diluted down the road. And for all of us who've had it, it's kind of flushed out of the system it seems like right about now, Dr. McCullough, it's a smorgish board of things with all the variants and all of the other things thrown onto it. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, and, and I think people are taking their health very seriously, too. They're taking a more uh, sincere look, you know, at their health. They're not taking well, things for granted. I think that's our message here, right? Oh, well, I agree with that. Uh, I'm seeing people lose weight, be very serious about uh, their overall health. Uh, I'm seeing more and more patients already having the virucidal nasal sprays and washes. So they really, you know, they're ready to go with, uh, you know, dilute iodine, xylitol, xylitol plus iodine, colloidal silver, gargles, and starting it right away. Uh, We're seeing many more patients now with detoxification, and this is really big. People who've had multiple bouts of COVID, multiple vaccines, using the combination of natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin, all available over the counter. Now, it, it, there may be just hubris because detoxification has just started in the United States, but I had somebody, uh, one of my patients who traveled from Florida to see me, said, Dr. McCullough, I started the triple combination. She goes, within 16 days, I felt better. That's the that's the fastest I've ever seen. I've always told people, listen, three months, don't, you know, don't expect miracles overnight. We want to set expectations, but 16 days, uh, she started to feel better. Uh, I'm clearly seeing people back at three months for sure, and and they're better. Just and their physical exam is better. Every every single parameter that we see is better. I do want to caution people though who are looking at blood tests and they go on natokinase. Uh, you know, we typically measure the D dimer, which is a, a test of a, of a kind of blood um, thinning application, uh, the, the the lysing of blood clots. D-dimer is elevated in COVID-19 because blood clots are being formed and being broken down. And then it does go up with natokinase, so we can no longer use it as a parameter. People go on natokinase and they say, wow, my D-dimer is going even higher. I'm worse. It's like, no, that, that's exactly what it does. It's a drug. It breaks down blood clots. And so D-dimer will go up. But patients are getting more sophisticated, Malcolm. They're, uh, they've taken matters into their own hands. And, you know, we still hear about other things. There was a recent um, analysis of uh, of tabletop exercises for Marburg and Ebola virus. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, she does. What do you think? I think neither are going to be pandemic potential mm-hmm. uh, illnesses. Uh, you know, Marburg is just too lethal and it, it kills too readily for it to spread. The same thing is true with Ebola. Yeah. Yeah. I think if there's another pandemic, I was asked this, I recently spoke this weekend in Copenhagen, um, Denmark, and I was asked about this. I said, will there be another pandemic? And I said, well, Gates is saying that, and Tedros at the WHO, and Peter Hotez in Houston, and Anthony Fauci is saying that. I said, if there's going to be another pandemic, I think it's going to be another man-made virus. Uh, we know Peter Daszak at the EcoHealth Alliance, the NGO, who's really an agitator in this, you know, he wants a library of pathogenic viruses that are capable of causing pandemics. And then he wants the antidotes, monoclonal uh, antibodies, vaccines, and therapeutics. You think about it, it's like an arms dealer who wants the weapons and they want the, the shield defense systems. You, you, they, you hold yeah. all that, one could view themselves as being pretty valuable if you held all those tools in a, in a toolbox. And it, all we need is for one of these to, to get out again, and especially if it's as transmissible as SARS-CoV-2, yeah. we could have another pandemic with another virus. Yeah, listen, you know, I, I want to do. I, I do want to put out there, and if you agree with this or not, but uh, I think there needs to be a more a, a better sense of responsibility. However, there's a lot of fear with everything you just stated, and I've been reading a lot of articles to the point of what you just said with Marburg, Ebola, and all kinds of stuff. And a lot of this is really um, a highly opinionated, fear-based, uh, people predicting all kinds of things. And we really don't know, but I, I think getting people juiced up and just fearful, all these theories and things that are running around, I think it's irresponsible. What do you think about that? I agree. It's it's fear-mongering, and the the population doesn't need that. You know, stress has a negative impact, and you know, some people don't handle it well, and it's irresponsible to be messaging th- things out in the, the media that are not real threats like Ebola and Marburg. Uh, you know, I see some people wearing masks, Malcolm. They're, I see, they're I've seen them this today. week. Uh, people just by themselves. Yeah. They're outside, Peter, and they're doing it. I mean, how sick is that? You know, when I see that, I think immediately they have a, a bit of a disorder. I mean, they have a... Uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a mindset. It's a um, they've been brainwashed is the first thing I think, and it, it, they're it, they're dysfunctional in some way. There would be no logical reason any sane, intelligent person would be outside by themselves wearing a mask. Well, they have anxiety disorder. It's a well recognized. That's true. A psychiatric disorder, true. and true. and think about this: there are people. Yeah who lost loved ones during the COVID-19 pandemic. That's a good point. Good they, point. Yeah. And they are yeah. scared to death. You know, I, I saw a man today. Yeah. Now he's got adult leukemia. Now he he's not scared, yeah. but you know, he could have been scared. Yeah. He, he was slightly sick and I got him the, the right drugs. Now he was someone who did need ivermectin and prednisone and he needed, you know, a fuller yeah. McCullough protocol um, you know, approach, which I, I delivered. But um you know, each person is 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 different. But you know, I saw some yeah. you know young couples in the airport wearing masks. They looked very fit and normal to me, and you know, it did make me you know it did make me wonder for sure. Now, speaking of ivermectin, did you see what happened with the um, FDA federal case on on the FDA statements and ivermectin? Yeah, I mean, I've seen it very brief. This was a big deal. Tell us. It was a 
doctors uh, Mary Telly Bowden, Paul mm-hmm. Merrick, and Robert Apter sued the FDA and said, "Listen, you you defrauded the country. You uh, uh, ran a deception campaign saying that yeah. ivermectin was only a horse paste, right. and they did it during with tweets and." And all this uh, messaging, uh, the American Medical Association picked up on it and said they were going to start a campaign to abolish the use of ivermectin. And then when it got to court, it got thrown out of court, but the attorney was persistent and he actually filed an appeal. Once they got it to an appeal, they got the lawyers for the FDA talking. And one of the lawyers for the FDA said, oh, the FDA didn't say doctors couldn't use ivermectin for COVID. And everyone went nuts. She said, wait a minute, doctors lost their jobs over this. What do you mean? That FDA statement was taken as gold by physician employers, by medical societies, hospitals, et cetera. And so ultimately they came down to a decision. You know what the judge said? The judge said the FDA is not a doctor and the FDA cannot advise on treatment. The doctor decides the treatment. And well, that's, a, that's a novel approach, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the doctor decides. So, you know, we, simple enough. So, you know, there's some real wind in the sails yeah. of the, the freedom doctors who have like just that. been pounded on this that they were right all along. Listen, we yeah. found ivermectin to be useful. Uh, it's supported by well over 50 randomized trials, all showing signals of benefit, very safe, has essentially no side effects. And, you know, if we found it to be useful, and the data show signals of benefit, and we establish the standard of care. The FDA has no business trying to impede or degrade or undermine the community standard of care. Yeah, I like that. And and, and it's correct in the record is what's really good, putting people back in their place where they belong, which God knows the F- FDA and the CDC and all the NIA, all these agencies need to be put back in their place for sure and mind their manners you know, I love what you said a moment ago, and you really got me thinking. I have to applaud you, brother. Um, uh, when you talk about you, you gave me a whole nother perspective there, a uh, really good one about people who are wearing masks. I never thought of that for a moment. And boy, the light bulb went off when you said what you said. And I just want to put it out there again so people hear this because. You know, you're saying when you see people in their way, they might have been traumatized. They might have had family members that have died. They might have other things that have happened. You're exactly spot on. And, you know, it just reminds me now to have more respect for that and realize we don't know what calamities they've been through in their life. And basically what I said moments before that about fear, a lot of this stuff is very fear-based. In the case of Marburg, Ebola, all the stuff they're pushing and getting everybody a little hyper-intense. I really would like to see people be more responsible, even a lot of our freedom lovers and our freedom movement, and even people throughout our platform. I wish they would back off the theories a little bit and stay more with factual things that are happening. I I don't want this, what we're doing, to be tainted with that, you know? Malcolm, the the freedom movement has really emphasized bodily autonomy and freedom of choice. Now, if someone, you know, exerts their freedom to make a choice over their body and they choose to wear a mask, they shouldn't be denigrated for it. Um, And and there can be a lot of reasons. Let me give you a a couple other points. Uh, In the United States, there's about 20 million current cancer patients. And the vast majority of cancer patients are in forms of chemo and other treatment. And, you know, I can tell you getting an infection of any type 
can really screw up a cancer treatment protocol. Uh, you know, let's say they inhaled some spores and they had a low blood count and they developed aspergillus in the lungs or they inhaled uh, haemophilus uh, bacteria, et cetera, or many are at risk for tuberculosis. What if somebody in the airport, you know, comes in from Africa or South America or Central America and you know, lets out a big cough loaded with tuberculosis organisms? It can happen. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, with that 20 million, if they want to wear a mask, there's probably several thousand that are organ transplant candidates, uh, some others that just have significant lung disease, sufficiently significant that if they got any type of infection, they could really get in trouble. Uh, let's say cystic fibrosis in a, you know, an older teenager or, or an adult. Uh, people with with other conditions. So you, since we don't know the history, it, it's probably reasonable just to back off and, and understand that, listen, they're they're wearing a mask and they choose to do so. But the main thing is they choose to do so as opposed to being told to do it or losing your job if you don't That's do right. it. That's right. No, I, I accept that really well. And I, I appreciate it. I really do. I think it's a good uh, message for everybody to take in. It just reminds me, I, I like it a lot. It just reminds me to, uh, it, it's just good, Peter. It just reminds me to be respectful of whatever that is. We don't, you know, we don't know what people are going through. And I've always said this in my life. It, you, you know, unless you've walked in somebody's shoes, you don't know what fears they have, what what trauma, you know, PTSD they have, what life experiences they have, what their personal experiences are. So I, I think we just need to always be respectful. But I didn't consider that in the mask world, but you are spot on right we don't know. And a lot of people have been traumatized and fearful. So let's get on to, I, I, you know, we're so behind in questions and I get people sending me messages now saying, hey man, where's my questions? They answer the questions. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, we're backlogged so bad. Let's get right to the questions. We're in the Q&A 83. I want to get these few up here before we pause a moment too, but let me get these few out because they kind of work with some of the um, meds questions and that kind of thing. But this first one's from Marco. So, Dr. McCullough, uh, what can be done to find uh, subclinical myocarditis? I heard you say that people aren't picking it up even on an MRI. What tests can be done to be absolutely sure there is no myocarditis? We start with an EKG and physical exam and then blood tests. There's four blood tests for the heart, uh, high-sensitivity troponin, BNP, uh, B-type metric peptide, Galactin-3, and ST2. Those four tests are critical. I additionally, I ordered a D-dimer, a CRP, and an ANA blood test. Uh, you're right. The MRI can miss because MRI slices the heart like a knife would slice a heart in these different planes. And some of the patches of inflammation can be sufficiently small that in between the slices of the heart can reside a small patch of inflammation the MRI would miss. So, I mean, that's the best that we can do the, the, in terms of uh, the technology. And if all the tests turn out to be negative, what have you, we essentially tell the person, listen, we don't think you have myocarditis. Yeah, perfect. That's good information for everybody to have right there. Um, this one's from Debbie. I have a question about the spike protein detox protocol, please. My father just turned 90 years old and had received four Pfizer shots with the most recent jab, September 22. Despite our objections, that is, he began having marked 
uh, Syncopal, is it? S-Y-N-C-O-P-A-L. Syncopal mm -hmm. episodes? Yeah. Okay. All right. In February 23, eventually had MI, cardiac stent placed April uh, tab, T-A-V-R, right, tab? Uh, in mm -hmm. July, and now a pacemaker in August. I'm wondering if there are any contradictions to my father following the spike protein detox protocol as he is on the following meds, lisinopril, Lipitor, uh, Lipitor, yeah, uh, Toprol, Toprol, uh, XL, and especially concerned about Flavix, uh, 40, uh, 40 milligrams ASA, and also takes D3 5000 IU, um, you know, E, of course, would you be concerned that he is on too many things that thin his blood or have other interactions with his meds? Any thoughts to that from Debbie? Yeah, I can't give direct medical advice, but I can tell you, I have patients in my practice where we use natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin in addition to aspirin and Plavix. We've also used it in addition to um, Eliquis and Xeralto, Pradaxa, and recently uh, Warfarin. The main thing is we, we can do this, but the more blood thinners we add, we have to look for bleeding complications. So if we notice bleeding from the nose or mouth, uh, you know, bleeding after brushing your teeth, for instance, nosebleeds, you know, bruising over the arms, take a look at the elderly and see how many, you know, big blotches of bruises we see over the arms and legs. And if we do see that, that's a sign that we're going too hard on the additional, um, you know, regimen. What I typically do is reduce the natokinase from 2,000 units twice twice a day to 1,000 units twice a day. Uh, that would be a typical move there. But uh, I think the answer is proceed, but proceed with caution and make sure you check up for any signs of bleeding. Make sure you warn the patient to look for signs of bleeding. You know, if we got serious bleeding, like, oh, they just threw up a bunch of blood, that makes me think, oh boy, they formed a stomach ulcer. Now they're, you know, their blood is too thin and you know, we're in trouble. So it, it, it's a judgment call. I've had to reduce the dose and some people have been bleeding. I have not had a single case of serious runaway bleeding. Um, although sooner or later, I imagine if we use enough of these supplements, we'll see it. Okay, there you go, Debbie. And it is important to have that personal care, as Dr. McCullough says, with your physician, especially when you're doing things like this, for sure, you don't want to be doing it uh, just on, on theory or potluck. Everything we talk about here, you have to research yourself. And it's really important you do that. You know, you, when you're talking generalities, like we're talking, it can never be medical advice for anyone. And I think everybody should uh, understands that uh, perfectly well. Uh, I want to read you this interesting message, uh, Dr. McCullough from George, uh, says, uh, Dr. McCullough, I took two shots in 21, and at the beginning of the year, I started taking the natokinase, and more recently, the uh, curcumin, and I am feeling much better now uh, in myself. I do believe that the detox works. Thank you. I want to say thank you and Malcolm for this amazing platform, and that's from George, and I thought that was a Perfect, beautiful message. I love to see those when they come in like that. And to talk about um, this uh, spike support, uh, natokinase with the uh, dandelion root and all the uh, marvelous ingredients in there that are helping people through this. And this also, this uh, detox protocol, there is a post on the left sidebar under COVID resources for the clinical rationale for SARS-CoV-2 base spike protein detoxification in post-COVID-19 and vaccine injury syndromes. And of course, that's both friends. 
Um, but um, talk about that a moment. And what George says here is very important. And you're, we're seeing very good results with this. It's true. You know, this is hard because we don't have large prospective double blind randomized placebo controlled trials. We don't have them. I've checked clinicaltrials.gov. We're not going to have them. None of them are even registered or planned. The Biden HHS long COVID program mentions nothing like this in the entire billion dollar investment. So this is really based on clinical judgment. Now, my cl clinic is keeping track of outcomes and we have a case report form, et cetera. But having said all this, this is really based on judgment. If if, if you know, I've been working on this uh, for two and a half years since the vaccines come out, we're consistently getting these reports from patients. I'm objectively seeing syndromes like this POTS or posterior orthostatic tachycardia syndrome get better. The heart stops pounding, the blood pressure fluctuations go away. The um, the, the numbness and tingling, the, the neurologic part of the syndromes appear to be very responsive, which is great news. It just takes time. There's also a little um, emergence phenomenon that several patients have reported where they go on it for several weeks or a few months and they feel better. Then suddenly there's you know, just a little bit of a, a jolt and they feel some more funny symptoms and it clears rapidly. And, you know, we've hypothesized that maybe the spike protein is being broken up and there's been some release of spike protein fragments that people feel in the system. We've, I've had that report multiple times. I'll tell people, listen, don't stop, just continue the detoxification protocol. And guess what, Malcolm, once we had the publication, we had it, it's in the uh, Journal of American Physicians and Surgeons in the United States, and it's on the European Commission preprint server cross-reference. As soon as we had this all published, we had every, you know, dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's, guess what? Crushing censorship came in on Instagram, LinkedIn, and all the other platforms, and it said uh, misinformation, and it was labeled as misinformation. And I can tell you, the censorship, believe it or not, I welcomed it. And the reason why I did is the fact checkers and the censorship uh, people who are largely funded by this biopharmaceutical complex that we outline in our book, you know, Gates Foundation being a prominent um, force behind the, the fact checkers, they have only put misinformation on claims when the products work. They've actually never put misinformation on things that don't work. So if I would have come out and said, listen, drink a juju juice. Right. And this will this will detoxify the body. I wouldn't have gotten any any response out of these guys. But now that we've nailed it, we've figured it out. Mm -hmm. Now they're all over it. No, no, don't do this. Don't do that. Yeah. I, I I bet this will continue on. Remember, they tried to impede or suppress hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, monoclonal antibodies, budesonide, colchicine. They actually was even undermining Paxlovid. Anything that really works in COVID there's been a campaign to suppress it. And sure enough, it came up with uh, the base spike detoxification, particularly in natokinase. Yeah, listen, I respect uh, using reverse psychology into why you say that. I totally, I don't disagree with any of that, but how sad, this is profound to me, what we're talking about right now and what you just shared. How sad and how evil it is. Just think about this a moment, how humanity has sunk to this level right now. I mean, it's just, it is highly, highly disturbing that you're telling me, you're telling us today that they're now putting the misinformation warning 
on all of this information again, which is vital for people. And people are being tricked and they're fearful and they don't know. We've been through this whole episode over the last few years and they're doing it again. And these are, it's beyond just, I mean, the, the connections to Big Farmer I get, but these oligarchs running the social media and the media empires, this is a sick, sick group of people that run these outlets that you're talking about. And this is highly disturbing to me, I have to tell you, Dr. McCullough. Like I say, if it didn't work, they wouldn't bother. You know, there's people out there saying, well, do infrared, uh, you know, phototherapy, you know, drink, a, uh, you know, a certain juicer. There's all these other claims out there and nobody cares about them. Mm -hmm. But boy, when we hit something that's really powerful, that's peer reviewed and it looks like it's working clinically. So with the triple base detox, natokinase, bromelain and curcumin, heavily censored. By the way, the link to our description on the website, America Out Loud's website, that link is completely censored now across social media platforms. It triggers an well, immediate- That's what I'm saying. But the sad reality is some people are not going to get this information and some people are going to see that and they're not going to know what you just shared uh, because they don't know. But that's what I, it's still a very uh, uh, evil plot against humanity. That's my bigger point, Peter. Oh, for sure. I mean, why would someone care that we're trying to help people exactly recover after COVID exactly. and recover after the vaccines? If their goal was just to pump more vaccines into people, they've already accomplished their goal. We're trying to work on the back end of this. Yeah, yeah. It's sick. It's really, really sick. I think everybody can feel that right now. I mean, oh, man, it's just so disturbing. I don't even know how people sleep at night when they do this sort of thing. And this has been happening right throughout the whole COVID thing with all of this nonsense that people have been fighting. Boy, it really has been uh, a rude awakening for society as a whole to see how evil permeates our society and humanity today. I mean, we're dealing with really the ultimate fight of good and evil today, like I've never seen in my lifetime. Uh, ever. And it's it's really disturbing. Uh, listen, all of these things are in AmericaOutloud.shop. The wellness company, the Spike Support. Also, it's worth mentioning this, especially with people with concerns of heart, this uh, healthy heart and muscle formula, which Dr. McCullough himself worked on uh, to develop this product, uh, to get it all in that one piece, that one uh, formula, if you will. And uh, all of those products are 25% off using the code out loud. Uh, you have to go to the shop, americaoutloud.shop is the website. That's how you get there. Or the shop word is in the nav bar on the main uh, news site. Um, but this is really important stuff. Uh, they also have one wellness where you can get all your virtual care, all your doctors for some of the best people in the business. And really, it, you know, we can feel safer and less fearful by having this information handy. There's some really good people in there uh, to tap into. So the one wellness is a, it's one monthly low cost plan. Healthcare is so expensive today. Uh, let's face it. This is a way to uh, subvert that and kind of get around some of these huge costs of healthcare. And by getting it all in one monthly cost, and it's cheap. It's like $199. You get 25% off that first month. They're only $149. So you, you can't get any less than that and get all the care you need. So it's worth talking about that, uh, Dr. McCullough. Uh, the other thing with the fall season coming and all of this, Cofix RX throat spray. Man, I got so many emails in today. If I had just, I mean, all the emails coming in about Cofix and the throat spray, they love it, especially coming into the season right now. 
And uh, so you get 25% off. There you use the code OUTLOUD25 and you'll get 25 off with Cofix now with the throat spray and the nasal hygiene. It's a one-two protocol. Do you have a word about that, Dr. McCullough? I tell you, that is what needs to be in the purse of, uh, you know, the ladies traveling, be in the, the men's travel bag. My mom finished Alaskan cruise with my brother, you know, developed a sore throat, the stuff he knows, tested positive for COVID. Mom had Cofix RX, and she just blasted away with the throat spray. She had to wear a mask until she got back to independent living. And I was on mom every day. Mom used that throat spray. She, she, you, you, in acute illness, you can increase it every four hours. She did that, the nasal spray, and uh, and she got through it. You know, the only the only uh, problem mom had is she dropped one of the nasal spray bottles and it rolled underneath her her couch in her yeah. living room. Yeah. And I said, mom, don't try to bend over and get it. You know, when you have seniors and they've had hip replacements and they use walkers, the last thing you want them to do is start digging underneath the couch. I said, I'll get it when I get over there. Fortunately, I had backups. And that's the other point is don't rely on a single bottle. Get multiple bottles and have a backup. How many times people go camping, or they go traveling and they don't have it with them. Get one for home, get one for travel. I've got one in my bag right here because, like I say, I got confronted today with a man with COVID. What did I do? I just went right over to my travel bag, which I keep in my computer bag, and I had two sprays. I'm going to be good. I'll do two more when I get home. I don't want to be out for, you know, for several days with another episode of COVID. So we use Cofix RX and the spray. And by the way, I did both today. I did both. And that spray, you can do gosh, you know, three or four or five pumps and hold it in the back of your throat, kind of gargle a little bit uh, and do fine with that and spit it out and you're yeah. good. The, and it wouldn't, are, it, it, it's not harmful if you swallow it either, to be honest with you. It's a little you supplemental iodine. Yeah, these are things we need. It's it's a whole new way of living in a style today. As we take a, a quick pause here, my fellow Americans and all of our dear friends here, I want to tell you uh, the other one on the nasal hygiene, and, and it's, I must get this in it, it, because it's just a phenomenal product, is clear. X-L-E-A-R. And that is available at drugstores and pharmacies. Uh, it is a marvelous company, but a marvelous product. This is made with xylitol, this one is. So it's a little different than the povidone iodine, but it does the job and it kills all of those things that in the same way of those pathogens uh, and uh, viral problems uh, in the nose, the nasal cavity. So that's another one to mention to you. Do your research uh, on AmericaOutloud.shop, there's some fabulous products in there. There's no doubt about it, but do your research. Don't take anybody's word for anything. Look, there's research to every one of these things. You can click and get studies and follow up and read. And it's really important you do that. You, you really can't take anyone, you know, just for somebody saying it. So do your research, make sure it's the right thing for you. And if it is, then engage. Now, if you have questions about any of these things, including, including some of the new products like ASEA, uh, A-S-E-A, you'll see. Uh, this is a redox supplement, and you'll hear the nurses talking about this a lot. You have questions about that or global healing, uh, some of the products there, send them in here. We'll get you the answers or any of these products. The wellness company will get you the answers you need uh, from the companies directly and from other people who are using it. So anyways, that's that's that. Just want to let you know. All right. We're going to take a quick pause here. Be back with Q&A 83. You're listening to America Out Loud Pulse. 
Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Change in the world one person at a time. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Okay, we join you back here. We got all that in just under the bell here. It is Malcolm Out Loud here. Welcome back to America Out Loud Pulse, along with Dr. Peter McCullough. It's Q&A 83, and we're going through some Q&As here, and I want to hit the, some of these hard right now because I'm promising people to get to them. Ellis says, hello, Malcolm and Dr. McCullough. Hope you're both doing well in this crazy time. I'll second that one, Ellis. Dr. McCullough, I heard recently through a friend who heard from Alex Jones that the vaccine batches are color-coded to bring waves of death and different diseases over the next few years, as well as uh, nanobots. Are you aware of this news? And if so, could you elaborate what these color codes mean or if there is a misunderstanding? Any comment to what Ellis asked there? No, I haven't uh, heard anything like that, Malcolm, but everyone's getting increasingly worried and you can't blame people from starting to potentially imagine things. They still have not told us what's the full ingredient list. I went to the Pfizer website and Pfizer claims they put um, their final vaccine vials through 40 tests, 40 tests. So I talked to some experts who've testified at the FDA. I said, what are the reports of the 40 tests that Pfizer is doing on the vials? And they said, None of that has ever been disclosed by Pfizer. It's never been in the FDA briefing booklet. The good medical uh, and good manufacturing um, procedure part of the uh, brochure for Pfizer is still blank. And that's the reason why people are going nuts. And oh, I have to say parenthetically, I had breakfast uh, Sunday morning with uh, Dr. Verbicki Manichi, uh, who's a PhD in Copenhagen, Denmark. She's the senior author on the Schmeling paper. The, the Schmeling paper is the one that found that there's three basic groups of lots. One, super low risk, nothing happens. 
the middle risk group. And then that, that third group is only 4.2% of doses, but that's where all the side effects are. So I found out a couple of things that's of interest. One, that the, the really high risk vials, they tended to be much earlier in the program. So she thinks over time that the that there are progressively lower risk vials that are out there, number one. And number two, she has applied to the Danish authorities to match the mortality, the population mortality uh, and the individual case mortality to the vials. You should be able to figure out if people in this high risk group died and the low risk group survived and have you. And the, the authorities are stonewalling her to this day. She's being stonewalled in Denmark. So it's not just the United States, Malcolm. It's a big world out there. Every government in the world is stonewalling the population on vaccine safety. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Um, And it comes back to the theme today. We're talking about fear a lot, and you can't believe everything you're seeing and reading. Back to this uh, question from Ellis. This one's from George. Dr. McCullough, is it possible some of the studies we have are an indication that the vaccine is out of the body. You take that Chinese study that found microclots in the eyes in 2% of the people, the myocarditis study showing 2.5% having myocarditis. The Schmelin data, what you just talked about, actually they comment here on 4% of the batches have the deadliest outcomes and those studies all fit inside that 4%. What do you think of my theory? Well, I'm glad he's thinking that way. I mean, I'd love to think that 95% of people, the vaccines out of the body, but you know, a recent paper broke from Germany last week. First author is Brogan. Brogan, a semi-courageous discourse subject. They measured spike protein and they figured out this how you can measure spike protein and know it came from the vaccine because both Pfizer and Moderna code for two amino acid substitutions, two prolines next to each other, it holds the spike protein open in what's called the prefusion, um, uh, the prefusion formation of the spike protein. So they know it's spike protein from the vaccine as opposed to the natural infection. And guess what, Malcolm? They measured this using mass uh, spectroscopy, and they found circulating spike protein in fifty percent of people who took the shots out to 187 days. So let me tell you this, any way we measure spike protein, you're not gonna pick up every single bit of it. But the fact that half of people had measurable spike protein makes me think that if we had more sensitive measures, probably everybody does. Or at least two thirds do. But this Brogan paper, um, to answer the, the question, the Brogan paper suggests way more than five to 10% of people have the vaccine in them. At least half have the vaccine in them and it's cranking spike protein out to 187 days. And that's as long as they looked. If they would have measured it a year later or two years later, who knows, they may have still found it. Yeah. And and there's still so much we don't know. I mean, let's that's a that's a narrative that's going to be repeated again and again because we don't know a lot of things here. We're this is we're in a, a new territory, it's new ground, never been here before. Uh Michelle says, I'm a 47-year-old woman, two shots of Pfizer in 21, had symptomatic chest pain, shortness of breath. Uh symptoms lasted more than a month or so. January 22 and October 22, cardiac MRA came back clean, February 23. Should I stop cardio exercises due to athletes dying until we have more long-term evidence is her question. 
I think with that history, because there was uh, chest pain, I think I'd follow that up with the blood test that I mentioned. And you see a cardiologist, EKG, and BMP, troponin, galactin-3, and ST2, and just make sure the blood tests are fine um, and completely chest pain-free should be good good to go. The American College of Cardiology has a position statement out on myocarditis with COVID. And, you know, they're eyeballing three months or six months in careful reassessment, making sure nothing's out of whack and then return to sports. If there is heightened level of concern or it's a competitive athlete, I may even get a second MRI. But um, most of the time, it's just clinical judgment. Okay. All right. This one's from Paul. Thank you for taking the time to read the question. I've had two vaccines from Pfizer. The first gave me a headache, sore arm, and ache in muscles. The other gave me just a sore arm. I checked on how bad is my batch for my batch numbers for the UK data from 21. Both were in the top 50, but neither were in the most deadly batches. They both had ADEs uh, in around 1,500, but both had a seven had only seven deaths together with nine and 10% of the ADEs were severe, but compared to the others, they had more ADEs, but less deaths. Wow. From what I gather, I'm in the medium risk category, the Schmelin data refers to. Dr. McCullough, would you agree that I'm in that category? And if so, do you reckon I'm going to be safe from serious illness or death? Paul asked. Uh, Paul, I think that's a great analysis. That's exactly what I was thinking. You're in the middle risk group. And I think the prognosis overall looks good. For patients like this, I am recommending the base spike detoxification, meaning that's the base of therapy we rely on. Natokinase, 2,000 units twice a day, bromelain, 500 milligrams a day, and curcumin, 500 milligrams twice a day. I would recommend that, probably three to 12 months because there were some symptoms. But what I liked about that vignette is he reported what happened in terms of the sore arm and the other symptoms. There are patients, Malcolm, believe it or not, like my wife's mother, zero side effects. She took two Pfizer's, not even a sore arm. She said she thought the flu shot was worse. So there are some people, they take the shots. It's like taking nothing. It's like absolute nothing. This patient's in the intermediate group. I had dinner last night with a friend and, it, and their daughter was over. And the daughter told me she took uh, the shot. And when she took the shot, she developed fever within a few hours, fevers, chills, and nausea, vomiting. She was puking. I said, what vaccine makes you so sick you start puking within a few hours? I mean, that, that shows you the toxicity of this. And she's young and healthy. I said, can you imagine if, if she was you know, 80 years old and had multiple medical problems? She could have ended up in the ER. And that's what we found with the CDC vSafe data. By the way, the CDC has shut down vSafe. So they're no longer collect, letting people report their own symptoms. Uh, this is an absolute um, example of, of government irresponsibility and malfeasance. They shut down vSafe, but what vSafe showed is that 7.7% of patients, like the one I described, they get so sick, they have to go to the ER or become hospitalized. That's how toxic these shots are. And they shut it down with no warning at all. They just put a notice upon their site and say, we're done, uh, like the thing ended or something. We talked about that, I think it was last week or so. Uh, pretty crazy. Um, let's get a couple more quickly in here. This one's from Sonia. Uh, there has been just, there was a new study out in the UK uh, and uh, J. Clin Med 2023 uh, regarding long-term effects of COVID-19. Does this change the position regarding vaccination causing myocarditis, et cetera? If people get injured by having mild COVID-19, 
might get this confused with vaccine injury. I feel confused. We were surprised to observe such a decline in vascular health, which deteriorated even further with time since COVID-19 infection. Any thoughts to what Sonia's suggesting there? Well, what Sonia's bringing up is the overlap. Because the vaccines don't work, virtually everybody who took the vaccine also had COVID. And what do you blame it on? Do you blame it on the vaccines or do you blame it on COVID? And it, it becomes such a confusing issue in 2021 and beyond. Now, if we go back to 2020, no vaccines, we can get a clearer picture that COVID itself uh, was related to a handful of cases of myocarditis in young people, COVID itself, no adjudicated hospitalizations or deaths due to myocarditis with COVID, zero in the published literature. Paper by two Valley and colleagues from Israel showed really no elevation in population rates of myocarditis over baseline. Now, a paper by Xi et al., XI et al., showed with COVID, this again, before the vaccines, in older people, veterans, there's about a six-week risk period after hospitalization where there's an increased rate for heart attacks and strokes and other cardiovascular events. So we have a clean literature before the vaccines, and that summarizes the risk of COVID itself. Once we get into the vaccines, now we see fatal myocarditis. We see all-cause mortality skyrocketing. We see all of these really terrible population-based outcomes. My conclusion is it's the vaccine. Okay. Last one from Dylan. Um, thank you for taking my question on here about having a child with a two-time vaccinated woman. Uh, something that slipped my mind, I need to ask, what are the chances the bioweapon spike protein will transfer from mother to child in the womb, or is it too early to tell? I'm doing my best to put faith over fear, but I cannot, also cannot ignore the potential devastating reality. People are juiced up about this. What do you say to that? We're going to watch it carefully. We do know the vaccine is related to poor maternal fetal outcomes, uh, miscarriage in the first trimester, uh, stillbirth at 20 weeks and beyond, uh, fetal malformations, as well as fetal hemorrhagic death. I mean, it's a very serious thing to take a vaccine, whether before getting pregnant or during the pregnancy. And this was published by Thorpe and colleagues. So uh, yes, we, we do think uh, it transmits both the messenger RNA and the spike protein transmit to the baby. There are studies that the babies do have antibodies against it. So that tells you it gets into the system and the placenta is very, very vascular. So we can hope and pray at this point in time. Um, many, many people who've taken the vaccine have delivered babies and they're fine. Mm -hmm. So we have to, we have to give that caveat. We're talking about side effects. Side effects should be pretty rare. They shouldn't be the norm. The norm should be that this woman should deliver a normal, healthy baby. There you go, Dylan. It's uh, And again, you got the base spike detox as well, and maybe a little time will heal more so, I would suggest, possibly for a lot of people there. Uh, that is all the time we have here, uh, friends. Uh, thank you for joining us here on the mission uh, on America Out Loud Pulse. Always a beat again.